are back with another episode of Oh Hey There, episode 60. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by Leo Luna. Leo, good to see you. Always good to see your face. Always good to talk with you. But I wish it was under better circumstances as we know that the 49ers have not beaten the Chicago Bears as we thought they would. What's going on with you, though? Um, What the hell, man? It's uh, I'll say this. You know, I, I, I said some tweet or a tweet with my chest out, basically, like, midday last week that bears fans like you guys aren't on the same like your team's not on the same level as the 49ers like get out of here so i said that midweek right all of a sudden the floodgates open up after the game with bear fans i'm just like yo say that i said this midweek y'all saying this after you know the outcome come on bear bears fans wild energy come on Absolutely. And before we get into the Bears game, we do want to read one of the five-star reviews that we got. Shout out to Alex Hid, H-I-D, for the review. And it's the subject line says, absolutely love it. Guys, love the podcast. Love Stats, Levin, Michelle, Jason, Leo, KP, and Akash. Sorry if I'm forgetting anyone. You guys are my daily dose of Niners Nation and absolutely appreciate all the honesty and impartiality. Wow, I can't even read. You guys are a breath of fresh air. And all I can say is keep it up. Signed, Alex. Alex, absolutely 100% appreciate you for the kind words. Okay. So, let's get to it. The 49ers, it rained a ton. They fall to the Chicago Bears 19-10. to Here's what I want to start this with. I want to start this with an exercise in statistics and box score. I'm going to read some statistics. And then at the end of this, I want you to tell me what you thought or, or what would you have said if I would have told you this before the game starts. Rushing yards, 49ers, 176, Bears, 99. Passing yards, 49ers, 155, Bears, 105. Yards per play, 49ers, 4.9, Bears, 3.6. Total yards, 49ers, 331, Bears, 204. Leo, if I told you that these were going to be the numbers at the end of this game, your response would be? 49ers win by two scores. Minimum. Minimum. They win by two scores. When when I hear the over 170 rushing and you lose, like what? What? 176, 37 rush attempts. Obviously, that includes Trey Lance, as it absolutely should, because he is gifted running the football. Um, I think he looks more gifted this season than he does than he looked at any game last season at running the football. Um 37 for 176 and you lose the game who like last season years prior that was that was what it was that was you know you get those numbers you're winning this game side by side you would think those stats meant the 49ers won by two scores but then it's the big thing it's it's penalties like yep. 49ers had 99 penalty yards the bears had 99 rushing yards well guess what if you want to just add that into their rushing yards, you just inflated it. Now they outrushed yeah. you because of penalties. So right. that's and, a big disconnect there. Yeah, and that's the that's literally where I was going with this. Turnovers and penalties, 49ers 3, 12 for 99. Bears 1, 3 for 24. I also want to add the 49ers had more first downs, but the Bears were gifted five first downs on penalties. Five extending drives. I don't care how good your roster is. I don't care how good your coaching is. I don't care the gap between the two teams. In this league, 
if you turn the ball over and you commit penalties that extend drives, you will lose. It sounds like that's a cliche. Sounds like something that is Captain Obvious. But you don't win games in this league playing that poorly and undisciplined. And it all seemed to happen in the second half. In the first half, everything was kind of rolling the right way. It was it was raining. I don't want anybody to say that it wasn't raining during the game. It definitely was. It just rained harder in the fourth quarter, which ended up being where we couldn't even see the screen to a point. And But the Bears had to play in that as well. So, yes, is weather a factor? Sure. We're going to talk about the rest of the stuff. But at the same time, that field was terrible, hard to play on. Like, there were videos of people, like, walking through, like, puddles. It wasn't a pretty sight. And when you compare that to, well, you combine that with the fact that Kyle Shanahan has a nasty little first week problem with penalties and his team and and how they come out. Uh, You compare that, you combine that with Trey Lance's third start ever. You combine that with the elements, and that's kind of the perfect storm, you know, no pun intended, for kind of what happened here in this game. Yeah, it's um the penalties, like you say, like the the outrushing them is nice, outpassing them is nice, but when you where do teams lose games? Either penalties or the or the turnover battle. 49ers lost both of those aspects. Um, so that's why it's it's hard to win football games like that. And they showed like doesn't matter who you're playing if you're gonna have penalties on third down grabbing a face mask dre greenlaw when the play is over like the like he's wrapped Mm. up your guys got him like it's not about you dre greenlaw it's like you're not getting any stats for that tackle my guy there was he was hugged up by two other players already like come what are we doing so it's just completely undisciplined um it terrible terrible and and I'm seeing Juwan Jennings just completely whiff on the goal line and and were on Brisker who made the tackle behind the line of scrimmage. It's like it's undisciplined. Like this does not look like 49ers football when it comes to week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. This does not look like them. So it's on Kyle Shanahan to to make sure his team is ready come week one. Because if you end up in another scenario like last season where it's play and you get in the playoffs final week, you can't have games like this, you know, being on the wrong side. And to be clear, I, I want to say this. It is week one. It's literally week one. And this is when the sloppiest play is going to happen across the league. And plenty of, of crazy things happen in week one, right? I think we, we almost had two ties. We almost had the two Giants ties won. one. The Giants beat the Titans, you know, like it's 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 something that is just it's week one. It's wonky. That's how it is. It just but at the same time, this is a trend. It is a trend with Kyle Shanahan. I wrote about it on NinersNation.com in terms of week one. How does this look when he was the offensive coordinator? I broke it down when he's the head coach. I broke it down. The one glaring thing that you look at in each week one is penalties, 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 undisciplined, right? So for a lot of people, I understand the sentiment. You know, this is literally the fourth preseason game, not a lot of reps. But at the same time, this is a trend that cannot be ignored anymore at this point. This isn't something that people are trying to stir the pot with or make things up about it. You know, I implore you guys to go run to the to the website and look it up and, and read what I wrote about it because I gave you context of roster, quarterback, opponent, everything. I literally gave you everything. But the one constant, seems to be, even in wins, at times, penalties. And it just, 
I don't know what to make of it at this point. You know, there was a nice little comment in the Niners Nation section that said, well, what's the point of all this? Well, it's just to point out the fact that this is how these teams come out. They come out a little bit sloppy early on, even in wins. Um, in Kyle Shanahan's time, right, 2017, we're not going to talk about that. That roster was barren. They got boat raced by the, the Carolina Panthers, scored three points. 2018, Jimmy Garoppolo starts against the Minnesota Vikings. He throws a pick six. He throws three interceptions. They lose that game. They actually shot themselves in the foot many times in that game. 2019 in Tampa Bay, they actually win the game, but... Jameis Winston throws two pick sixes in that game, which greatly helped this team out. 2020, we know what happened with Arizona. Weird time, I get it. No preseason COVID, no fans, get that. 2021, here we are, and here we are talking about this again in 2022. 2021, the first game was last year. Yeah. My goodness. Oh, no, Detroit. Philly. Detroit. No, Detroit. Detroit. Okay, so there you go. So the Lions, right? The, the, the Niners go up 38-10. Barely squeak this one out. Like it's it just yep. again, it's 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 I don't know what to make of it, but it's too large of a trend to now just dismiss as well, whatever, it's just week one. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's definitely a trend. It's something that I try to ignore for as long as possible. Like it's Kyle Shanahan, like he knows what the hell he's doing. It, this is my coach, but now it's just like, yeah, it's there's so much data to behind it, it's you know, um, it is what it, it it is what it is, but you gotta you gotta move on from it. You gotta figure it out. It's week one's past you. Guess what? You ain't gotta worry about week one until next season, and then you could try to eliminate that factor. Then you're not gonna eliminate the week one woes history come week two or week three. So you just gotta move on from it. Uh, focus on this next game and not let those ninety nine penalty yards get you again on some dumb stuff. It's like guys. The Patriots started the season one and two back in 2019 or 18, 18, 19 season. Started the season one and two, including losses to the Lions and the Jaguars. This this team is fine. It's one game. There's 16 more. Well, Leo, quick question. Just who who's the quarterback of, of those Patriots it was, teams? I just it was Brady. It was Brady. Oh, okay. It was Brady. It was Brady. Right. You it was know, Brady. just I I think that helps a little. I, I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame one day. I'm not sure. I mean, he's apparently he's pretty good at football. I mean, today is yeah. Monday, and, you know, I'm no mind reader, but I think he did good in Sunday Night Football. But, yeah, I, look, again, <laughs> this isn't this isn't some sort of, you know, oh, my God, the sky's falling, everything is going on. But it is a trend, right? And, and I do want to circle back a little bit to Drake Greenlaw because, I, look, we all have opinions on players. I have opinions on players. Everybody on Twitter has opinions on players, right? And, you know, again, when you when you say things critical of players, it comes off as hating. But I have not nearly been as high on Drake Greenlaw as I have been Aziz Alshair. And this is something that the 49ers are going to have to address because both of them are up for contract next year. And you're going to have to figure out which of these two you are going to bring back. You can't bring both back unless you, you know, unless – Aziz wants to take a, 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 a smaller deal. I doubt it. The word's out about him. I think that teams are going to throw money at him. And Drake Greenlaw is somebody you drafted. Now, you have a decision to make. Here's my issue. 49er fans love to tell me all the time that Drake Greenlaw is a tackling machine and never misses tackles. Absolutely false. Absolutely false. I, I couldn't talk about this and say it in any way better than that. It's absolutely false. I don't know what games people are watching, but as, you know, I talk a lot with Rich Madrid, and Rich Madrid is the first person to point out you can't miss tackles if you're out of position. And Leo and I 
We're literally just talking about how Dre Greenlaw would run himself out of a position to tackle people. Okay, that's one part of it. The second part is, and Kyle Shanahan praised him after week 18 uh, in, in, in L.A. Praised him. Oh, I loved his hustle. I loved the tenacity. Yeah, him grabbing an ear hole and pulling and pulling on the guys. You love that? No. Control your aggression, dude. Look, there's a part of me that wants to give Dre Greenlaw a little bit of slack because he was injured all of last year and Aziz Al-Shair was balling. So maybe in the back of his mind, he feels, man, Aziz coming from my spot. I got to play a little bit harder. Control that aggression, man. That's not here this year. Like, what are you doing? And I will, I will give him this. The penalty that he fell on Justin Fields and he was called for, I think that was weak. That's fine. But the penalty that, that Leo was talking about in terms of he's wrapped up by three guys and you go and you wrap his hand, you wrap your hand around the face mask. What are you doing, dude? So that's another part. One last part. Drake Greenlaw is a converted safety. And everybody loves his cover skills because of the interception that he made in that, that overtime game in uh, 2019 against Seattle, which they lost. He looks lost. I mean, he's got guys running right behind him. He's not He's not even doing that. So what are we doing here? And why is it that the, the narrative around Dre Greenlaw has become mostly populated because of the 2019 stop against Seattle? It's, it's all of these narratives that have popped up that are completely false. The tackling thing is wrong. The safety coverage thing, that's wrong. And now the aggression thing is wrong. Sorry, Leo. I had to get that off my chest, man, because I take a lot of slack for being an Aziz guy. And all that Drake Greenlaw stuff last the uh, you know last Sunday, it, it it literally brought me right back to the part where I I I do believe that Aziz Alshair is the better football player. I'm sorry. I am gonna jump out and say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I for sure do too. And I want to ask you this question. Why do you think they go with Drake Greenlaw? Because obviously both contracts are expiring at the same time. I would assume you would go with the better player, and it's clear as day that Aziz is the better player. Um, what is it? Like, are they are they wanting to play Aziz less so that they could afford him at the end of the season and let Greenlaw walk? Like, is that part of this tactic here? Like, what's going on with it? Well, the thing is, is this, Leo. One guy was drafted by this regime, so they clearly liked him. One guy was an undrafted free agent who has come into his own, and D'Amico Ryans loves him. And this is how you know the 49ers really care about Aziz Alshair. They slapped a second-round tender on an undrafted yeah. free agent. An yes. undrafted free agent. Not the guy that was actually drafted. Like, like, obviously, you don't have to slap the tender on him. But they're at a point now where if this continues, you're going to have to figure out what you really want to do here. No disrespect to Drake Greenlaw. He's a good football player, man. I, I really do think that it's in there. But his, 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 what's the, the deficiencies? They, they pop out too much to me. And oh, yeah. I, I believe the 49er fans have jumped in front of him and take any sort of darts that anyone throws because he stopped somebody in 2019 in Seattle and they just forget the rest of the stuff. It's just like, come on, man. There were games after that. And he's continuing to do it. He literally did it. In the last game that he played of the regular season last year, and he continues it with the game, this game. And that's my issue is why can't you see that as well, too? And then, look, I love Kyle Shanahan, love coach, but praising the man's aggression 
when it costs you yards and unnecessary roughness is insane to me. It really doesn't make sense to me. I know that he didn't say anything specifically about it after this press conference, but he did right after the Rams game. Oh, I loved it. I mean, he came out like a boxer. Cool. Control that. You can get anybody who's going to run like a nut job, like the guy from the, the replacements, um, John Favreau, <laughs> who's just going to literally just pick guys up and slam them. That's fine. But there's rules. There's got to be a way that you play and, and, Drake Greenlaw is a microcosm of some of the undisciplined play that we saw in this game. And if this rant comes like, you know, and everybody's going to look at me and say, well, you're just hating on Drake Greenlaw. It's been built up. It's been built up. And to see it happen in this game and be one part of the big problem, it just it just backs up my argument about Aziz Al-Shair more than anything. So there, there it is. I'm done. I'm done with that. Leo, if you want to add something else, you can. I, I just I don't want to keep yelling about Drake Greenlaw. Yeah, I would say it's not hating because I got three things that kind of back your feelings. And I'm being nice here on three red flags because it could have been more. I did not include the unnecessary roughness on the sideline in my three red flags. But the first one is on the second drive of the game, third and six. Missed the tackle on the screen pass to Montgomery, and they pick up a first down. So they're, you know, giving up first downs there, second drive of the game. The sixth drive of the game completely flushed out of the run play like he literally jumps to the wrong assignment get gets cornered out he, he's lined up behind javon kinlaw when the heck do your linebackers and d linemen cover the same gap when does that happen never happens with drake greenlaw gave up a first down there on that third and four play oh and then we already talked about it the face mask on the third and four so these third down plays your inside linebacker is giving up first downs. The the big one to me that that's really ugly is getting flushed out of the run play because you're asking your other inside linebacker, Fred Warner, to get back in coverage. Rewatch that play. Fred Warner and Great Greenlaw are at the line of scrimmage. They both jump back once the ball's hiked. But Fred Warner jumps back into coverage. Drake Greenlaw is not supposed to, you know, go as far into coverage as Fred Warner. So where that ball is literally ran, that is Dre Greenlaw's assignment. Instead, he jumps towards the outside, ends up right behind Javon Kinlaw, gets blocked out of the run play, and then you have you Khalil Herbert go going rushing for like 11 yards and a first down. And you had, thankfully, Talanoa Hufunga that got him in open field, or else that could have been a very, very dangerous play. Can I pivot to something positive? Because I, that's literally where I was going with it. Talanoa Hufanga for large stretches Ooh. in this game was a that's, man That's possessed. my safety. That's my that's safety. It. And you know what? Look, for a guy, myself, that had concerns about Hufanga, I've been pretty vocal about them. You know, I'm very pro Jaquaski tart My goodness, man. He, uh, it, you know, again, and, and this is what we talked about. D'Amico Ryans was always going to put him in positions where he was going to succeed. You get him downhill. You need to get him near the line of scrimmage. But Man, that interception was really, really sweet, man. He completely just watched Justin Fields' eyes and looked like a, a quarterback that used to start for this team that didn't see somebody who was a robber or something like that. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to say that. Uh, but Hufanga, uh, he played great, man. And I want to talk about positives because there is a little bit of positives here, and we haven't even gotten to Trey Lance and, and all the other performances and things like that. But, yeah, man, Tadano Hufanga, man, I, I've got to give him his props in this game, man. I, I sure do. Yeah, and the big thing is with, with Hufanga is – He's doing a lot of his plays on like first downs in, in run defense. 
Uh, so you're seeing him making plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage on first downs. He blew up a screen pass, the third drive of the game. He he blew up an outside toss, tackle for loss, fifth drive of the game. Both of those were on first downs. Obviously, he had the interception on third and eight. Um, so he he's doing great things in run support. It's he looks good. He looks good, yeah. man. Like I I know I was I'll be the first to admit it. I was kind of skeptical about Hufanga because I, I saw them playing him at high safety. He gave up touchdowns against the Vikings last season, uh, a couple others. So yeah, I had data to back up the skepticism. But what he showed me week one, <laughs> he might as well put me on a highlight video like DJ Reed did because wow, he was fantastic. Like, oh my. I haven't I haven't seen a safety play like that on this 49ers defense since since what? Like a game like he had. A game like he had. Well, with the interception like that, I mean Jimmy Ward probably, but I mean I mean it's 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 rare to see it in the second season. Also, shout out to DJ Reban. He had an interception yesterday. Unfortunately, his father passed away and a lot of people were giving him crap for kneeling on the uh the NFL logo, but it was it was a tribute to his father, man. Shout out to him. Glad to see him doing good. But this is a 49ers podcast. We're not talking about that. Let's talk about Trey Lance. Let's just do it at this point. Look. You have to? Yes, 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 yes. Look, and I didn't walk away terribly changed or or have my opinion completely changed about Trey Lance. Yeah, sure. It was rainy. Rainy for both guys. That's literally the Trey Lance experience, okay? You get Brandon Ayuk wide open on an over. Beautiful throw. Literally the best throw that he had was that over the the over route that he he layered in between three guys yes. when the pocket was clean. Oh wait, when the pocket's clean, quarterbacks can make good throws. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but it was the best throw. But then you got the throws behind the line of scrimmage that were in the dirt. You got the throws that were off just here and there. That's literally what it's going to be going forward. And I have to ask 49ers fans, what on earth? Are you expecting from this kid if you're not even ready to deal with these things when it's raining, when some of these throws are still going to happen, even when it's dry? And that's just look. And that's just what it is. That's just what it is. No one expected Trey Lance to just come in here, hit the ground running and just take over the league. I think that that was fool's gold for anybody who said that, you know, everybody pointing to well, Patrick Mahomes out of year. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. That's Patrick (laughs) Mahomes. Perhaps Patrick Mahomes is just, as the kids say, built different. He might be a little bit different, right? Like, that's not something that is typical. But with Trey Lance, I didn't walk away from this game feeling worse or better. I feel like I got everything that I thought I was going to get out of this game confirmed. What were your thoughts, Leo? Yeah, I I think my opinions on Trey Lance haven't changed at all because I'm looking at this game, rewatch it, because this is what I had to do. I, I don't know if you know, some of you do it at home as well, but I watched the game first as a fan because, you know, my emotions just straight into it. I can't, when the, when my team's playing, like I can't turn that switch off. I can't. So I'm watching it as a fan first going through it live. And then once my, my head is a little more even I've calmed down. My fandom's not as crazy anymore. I know the result of the game. I rewatch it. And I watch for certain things. I, I watch for blogs. I watch for, you know, every every little detail, every little nuance within the game. Um, and I'm watching it as an analyst, not as a fan. And with Trey Lance, when when I'm going through this game, like, yes, he had some some problems. 
yes, he missed some plays. But then what you said right there, Jason, is like hitting the over to Brandon Ayuk on a big play, hitting the hitting the over to Ray Ray McLeod for 20 yards, hitting an outside the numbers throw to Juwan Jennings that ended up for Wait, 44 that's yards. That's possible. Outside wow. the numbers throw. Yes. Yes, these things can happen. Um, and it's like that's what we didn't see from the 49ers offense last year. Like, there's some explosiveness to go on with this team, and we're in game one of his full takeover. Like, I I did not expect him to go out there and beat Patrick Mahomes, like you said, because Mahomes does have a little higher him percentage. So it's just – uh, oh, uh, I love that. I love that. Say that one more time. Higher him percentage? Higher him percentage, yes. Ooh, we're gonna. That's yes. going to be a oh, hey there uh, staple. That's going to be a oh, hey there staple as we keep going. Like, hire him. Is he him? That's it. Is he him? Yes. So, with Trey Lance, you know, I, there's a couple plays that stand out to me. It's like the second play after the Hufunga interception, he had Tyler Croft outside the numbers, um, which is kind of a staple play by the 49ers. This was their, their second drive of the game, and he misses him. He, he overshoots it, but then it's also narrative to be made. If it's George Kittle in there, is there a little more chemistry? Does that get completed? George Kittle does have more speed than Tyler Croft as well. So is to that, be fair, like, to be fair, Leo, to be fair, Leo, that leak play is never going to get hit ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is at this yeah. point. Eventually, it's going to get leaked. If it if it gets hit one day, I am literally gonna throw a party. I mean, it, it it has little to do with Trey Lance. It's just it's just a funny little thing, and this is how football goes. It's a funny little thing. Like that leak play is so beautiful. It is designed to show Tyler Croft showing across the line as a blocker, and then he just yep. sneaks out, and it's wide open. But you know, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, nobody can hit it. Nobody can hit it. So I don't know what it is. It's it's going to get hit. You know how like uh, if you have a a watch and it's broken. There's two times out of the day it's going to be right. Facts. Uh, so eventually this the leak is going to get leaked, and then we're all going to be happy. So <laughs> moving on from that, it's when I'm looking at Trey Lance's game and I'm just going, you know, possession by possession, play by play, I ended up with more positives than I do negatives. And that's what you always want to see in a guy's first start. Like how many times have we said, growing pains there's going to be ups there's going to be downs like the fact that we see growing pains it can't be like oh my god like literally people what would jimmy garoppolo have done differently what would he have done differently than trey lance taking I'll more tell sacks. You what those big plays on the overs would not have happened the you know outside the numbers throw for to juan jennings for 44 yards would not have happened more sacks would have have happened. This was more pressures by the Bears in this game than they did have all of last season. It wasn't until 2020 they had this many pressures in a single game. So yeah. it's like, and that's what Trey Lance dealt with. But you know, I, I what I want to see more from Trey Lance is getting those screen passes to Debo, getting those to him. Uh, he had he had a couple of them just you know go into the ground or could be completely off target. Brandon Ayuk does need to make some of those blocks as well when Trey Lance does get it to him. But those are staples of big plays in this 49ers offense is a Debo screen pass, tunnel screen, getting him the ball 
on DBs. So I I lead I do want to see more of that than anything else. But as a runner, Trey Lance looks way better as a runner this year than he did last season at any point. He's actually finishing through with his runs. Remember the Cardinals game last year to where he wasn't really finishing much runs. They they were giving him the hits. This season, it looks like Trey Lance is, is being more of a fluid and stronger runner. It felt like Kyle Shanahan was like, oh, I need to save this game. And he was like, oh, wait, what worked last year? That tunnel screen to Debo. He was like, let me just dial that up and save everything ever again. <laughs> you know, the same way. But it didn't happen this time, unfortunately. But I do want to say this. And, and again, a lot of people have asked the question, and I think I've said it many times on here. If I haven't, I've said it plenty of times where people can go back and look at it. But people always want to ask you, what's a successful season? statistic wise for Trey Lance and there's no answer to that what you want to see are the incremental steps and what I noticed even during watching the game and then watching it on the old 22 seeing it is beautiful the things in the pocket savvy just moving up and then throwing the ball right like everybody everybody expects the young man to just take off running and who could blame him right like there was a lot of this game where he was under fire and i think that's where we're going next with this because i want to talk about the offensive line because i think everybody has differing opinions on it and i think we need to kind of put things to bed with that but when you notice him step up in the pocket and, and fire a pass to ross dwelly on third and nine and get and convert like those are the things Dark. that you're yeah, those those are the things you're looking for. Those are the things that you're looking for in terms of improvement. Those explosive plays are going to be there. Guys are going to run wide open. It's Kyle Shanahan's offense. It's always going to be open. Can you hit the pass is what it's going to be. But those are the subtle things that you want to see from him. And I again, a lot of people are writing the story about Trey Lance already. It's one game. Calm down. It was raining. We are just talking about the things that he look. He did things good. He did things bad. But it's so funny to hear 49er fans during the offseason say, well, you know, that he's going to take bumps and bruises. But then the bumps and bruises come, and you guys are like, oh, my God, I don't know. What are we going to do with this guy? Like, how are we going to – like, what, did you say that to just say it, or did you believe it? And 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 now that you're seeing it, this is what it's really going through. And, again, a lot of people want to equate this to Josh Allen. And, you know, Josh Allen looks like the best football player. He looks like a monster playing football right now. But you shouldn't yeah. equate what's going on with Josh, with Josh Allen to Trey Lance. What you should equate is the patience that the Bills showed with Josh Allen. It's not about – Trey Lance doesn't have to be Josh Allen for this team to be successful. But you do need to show the patience that the Bills showed with him while he went through similar struggles with Trey Lance. But let's go to the offensive line real quick, Leo. Leo, I think we've talked about offensive line, and we've said, I mean, there's two constants, things that we know for a fact. Other, there's three other guys on the offensive line. They're going to be kind of brand new. Either they're going to be rookies or they're going to be guys from the other side. We know two things about this offensive line. It's our tackles. Leo, assess the tackles for me in this game because I've got bigger problems with them than the new guys. With the tackles, it's... It's same old Mike McGlinchey. Hell of a run blocker. I seen him pancake Roquan Smith in space. Hell of a run blocker. Uh, pass protection, it's, it's going to be iffy. And that's what it's going to be, you know, for the rest of his career, whether he's continues with the 49ers after the season since he's on a contract year. Trent Williams, maybe he should have practiced more because he looked rusty. Maybe he should have, you know, not have been in, inactive that whole time. Now, if it was a legit injury, okay, I get it if you sat out. Um, but Dominic Robinson, <laughs> whew, I liked him. Bears rookie edge rusher. 
out of Miami of Ohio. Like he's a guy. So uh, the reason why I'm bringing him up because we're talking about the tackles here. I think he's going to be a guy. So when you're playing special athletes, keyword athlete, because you was a corner turn receiver turn edge rusher. When you're playing wow. these certain athletes. Yeah. When you're playing these type of guys, you got to understand who's on the other side of the, of this matchup that they're just like, this, this kid's going to be really good. And he showed that, um, but it, it just looked completely out of sync. It looked like an offensive line that didn't spend too much time together. You have Aaron banks uh, missing passing assignments as well. Um, because we look back at Trey Lance's first three possessions of this game. What happened? Oh, okay. First possession, Debo Samuel fumbled. Second possession, the 49ers are driving the ball again. Um, Wait, say it getting... right though. He fumbled, he fumbled in the end, he fumbled in the red zone. And that's a scoring yes. drive. So, yes. like, we can talk about that in a bit too. Go. 49ers are now getting in field goal range or are in field goal range at this point. And what happens? Mike McGlinchey allows a sack. He gets his hands blown up immediately by Dominique Robinson on a third and seven play. Ends the drive there, and now the 49ers have to punt. Third drive. Uh, 49ers are once again moving the ball, uh, getting in that scoring position again. And yet you have Aaron Banks, terrible pass protection. He, he basically just let his guy go right by him. That caused Lance to step, like you said, he's great at that. Lance stepped up in the pocket, but what happened? Robert Quinn adjusted his body control from rushing outside of Trent Williams. to now he was like, oh, hey, Trey Lance stepped up in the pocket. Now I don't have to beat Trent Williams to the outside. Let me just take a shortcut here. And that's where he tried to hit. Um, he at least still tried to get the ball out. And that's But that's the play you were saying that Juwan Jennings didn't sit and ran into the other defender to where Trey Lance threw it at a spot where you expect your receiver to sit and be sit. at. And yeah. so it's like, that was the first three possessions. No excuses for Trey Lance here. None. 49ers lost. Right. Um, and he left plays on the table. No excuses for him. But I'm saying, look at these first three possessions. You have offensive line issues in that, uh, aligned with wide receiver mistakes in that as well. You control what you can control if you're Trey Lance, and everybody has to learn from these. And you hope Aaron Banks learns a whole lot faster than what he's learning right now because, like I said, McGlinchey is who he is. He's not going to change. He's not going to become Trent Williams as a tackle. He's not becoming Whitworth. It's not happening anytime soon. So, Aaron Banks, you you got to start doing something, man. You got to, or else I'm going to start calling for Jason Poe's name by week eight. Well, all right, look. So, Jason Poe, man, uh, I, we shout out to him, man. We hope he makes it. But look, I, I wanted to say this. <laughs> Dominique Robinson actually had probably the most interesting quote I think of this game, and he yes, talked about speak on it. And he talked about understanding that Trent Williams has a bit of a tell on pass plays on the way that he kicks out. And Dominique Robinson is a rookie. A rookie. And 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 you know we we spoke about this earlier on before the show started, but I think it shows the attention to detail. And if he notices that as a rookie, someone else does. But at the same time, it is still Trent Williams. Like I do not want two people to overreact to maybe you know, seeing Trent Williams be dinged with pressures is jarring for 49ers fans. It's jarring for football fans. It is. So seeing two pressures is like, well, what the hell is wrong with Trent Williams? Nah, just one game. I think he's going to be fine. But I did think that, that he had the best quote from this game, regardless if Jalen Johnson wants to continue to pile on. And he said something to the effect of, 
we wanted Trey Lance to play quarterback. And that's how we were able to, you know, navigate that and, 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 you know, something to that effect. But I thought that that was the best quote, man. I really thought that that was really interesting that, that he understood that tell and he has obviously watched film. He has obviously watched the guy who's put 10 to 12 years or, or however long Trent's been in the league on film and, and, and noticed that, like, I just, I just thought that that was fascinating. And I think that that is the attention to detail that is lost sometimes when people think about, well, you know, you're going against one of the best and you've got to use everything that you can to, you know, give yourself an arsenal to beat him. So, yeah, I, I look, I have more problems with the tackles than I do the interior O-line. Spencer Burford, I thought was fine. He had a, he had a penalty in this game. I thought Jake Brendel was fine. I think Aaron Banks, I think Aaron Banks was, was fine. You know, it's, it's more, okay, Trent, I'll give you a pass because that never happens, and I doubt it's going to happen again. Mike, come on. Come on, man. And the 49ers have to make a decision now because he's in a contract year. They've got to figure it out. You've got to figure out what you're going to do here, man. I just – I want to see the kid succeed. He's a high pick. He's going to be lifted to those those uh, expectations. But, damn, man, come on. Like, there's times where he's literally getting pushed away with his hands, and he's chasing the guy behind him and it's just like come on man like like what what is the kid supposed to do so with Trey Lance the running game looked good because of Debo Samuel seems like that wide back controversy was a bit overblown wouldn't you say <laughs> but but Elijah Mitchell left this game and now Kyle Shanahan after the press conference today says eight weeks at minimum for Elijah Mitchell reaction to that news so eight weeks per Kyle Shanahan is probably gonna be 10 yes you saw that you saw a change once Elijah Mitchell was out. You you saw the change. Um, you saw what Jeff Wilson Jr. was doing. Uh, I, I I need to see more Jordan Mason moving forward. Everybody raved about this kid, and he clearly looks higher on the depth chart than than Clyde Edwards Alaire. Clyde Edwards, he, wrong LSU running back. Wait, what? <laughs> which we're, we're Chiefs podcast now, Rob? Uh, uh Rob, uh, uh, can we uh, can, can we get some clarification on what podcast we are? Good, nah, you got to leave. Hey, hey, I I have him on my fantasy team. All right, like let let me live real quick. Um, but yeah, wrong LSU running back with three names. Look at that, uh, Ty Davis Price. Yeah, yes, Ty Davis Price. So, um. It looks like Jordan Jordan Mason's higher on the depth chart, and and honestly, like I'm intrigued. I want to see Jordan Mason over Jeff Wilson. That just may be my train train of thought. I know Jeff Wilson at, in 2020 had put together a solid season, but he has dealt with injuries since then, and he hasn't looked like the same running back since then. I get me some fresh legs. Let me see Jordan Mason. Um, the biggest thing with these guys though is obviously going to be the pass pro. How how can Jordan Mason pick that up? And is he going to be efficient to pick that up? Or is he going to look like uh, Cam Akers and just completely not block somebody and then let your quarterback get lit up? So that's going to be the biggest thing here. So obviously, Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to get the first crack at it because he's probably the best on the team in terms of pass. And he's pro. trusted. He's, he's one yeah. of Kyle's guys, so he's trusted. Yep. Um, but it's, it's a big red flag. From what we saw on Sunday... Without Elijah Mitchell, it's a big red flag because you want Debo to play receiver. Essentially, you want him to get the that yak on DBs. Um, you don't want him to trying to get that yak against 
defensive line. Well, it's not even yak. It's just, you know, running the football at that point. So you can't let him get too many hits from defensive linemen and linebackers because then how, how maintainable is Debo Samuel going to be throughout a full season if you just switch him into a full-time running back? Look what happened at the end of last year. It was completely banged up going into that NFC Championship game. And now if you want to transition him into that in week two, essentially week one already because he had eight carries, like, my God eight carries already. Um, so it's just, it, it's very concerning at this point. I, I, I'm intrigued to see what happens because after, after Eli Mitchell left, it was, it was pretty thin. And lastly, I know it's not on running backs, but I'll see Brandon. Ayuk more involved in the game too. He had first, tar- he had two targets first drive after that. He only had the one target, which he got PI on, on a third down conversion. Um, but besides that, never got targeted to the rest of the game. Like his him percentage was supposed to be high after training camp. I need more Brandon IU. So uh, Kyle Shanahan has actually joined the the podcast, and uh, here's his answer. Well, you know, uh, with Jordan Mason, I mean, he he actually plays on special teams, and uh, you know, that's exactly why we have him elevated over Ty Davis Price. But you know, we believe in uh, in in that running back room. We believe in the guys that are there, and. Uh, you know, uh, that's just, you know, how we're going to roll. So, uh, uh, you know, no, it, it, it's a joke, clearly. But, like, it's it's going to be them now. And, and, and again, Kyle has this way of just trusting his guys, and that's fine. I get that part. And, and pass pro is important. Uh, Kyle actually alluded to that today in the press conference where he talked about guys are going to have to do things without the ball, right, like that that sort of thing. And, he, and that literally alludes to pass pro. But – yeah, I'd love to see Jordan Mason as well, too. I mean, you, you watched Malik Turner get elevated, Danny Gray be inactive because of special teams. And that's why Ty Davis Price was inactive. I don't I don't necessarily believe that it's oh well, you know, TDP's already in the in the doghouse. It's you know, Jordan Mason, they they want to use him on special teams. But yeah, you know me, man. Um I, I've been saying it. He's been the most consistent guy in the entire camp. I would love to see him get some more run. It's gonna be interesting to see how this goes. I would expect Debo Samuel to get. <laughs> the lion's share of this now at this point. I mean, he's just when Raheem Mostert left his team, Kyle Shanahan has been looking for that explosive running back that he lost. And Debo Samuel is that. Unfortunately, when you put Debo Samuel in harm's way that many times, and he's supposed to be, you know, you're paying him top wide receiver money and everything, and he's supposed to be one of the cornerstones of your franchise, leaves him open to get some, you know, nasty hits. So I think that that's going to be interesting to go, you know, go with going forward. But I do think it's going to be Jeff Wilson who's going to start immediately. But eight eight carries is going to be the floor now, I think, for Debo Samuel at this point, especially if Kyle feels like he needs to play. So the running game was fine. I think that Kyle, I think that Trey Lance did some good things. There were some design runs. I think that Trey Lance did some good things with scrambles and knew when to run. I did think he was a little hesitant, but I'm not going to put that on him being hesitant. I think it was the footing in 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 that in that stadium and and how the grass looked, and it didn't seem like he was sure about his steps, and he wasn't the only one. You know, so that that's there to see. But at the same time, Elijah Mitchell, man, eight weeks, tough pill to swallow, man, especially for somebody who was leaned on heavily last season and, and you know, literally almost had a thousand yards. And he was out of what, four games or, or he 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 missed four or five games last year or yeah. something like that. Like, like, yeah. So yeah. I think the 49ers were definitely looking to have him as a rock. But, you know, this is why Kyle Shanahan doesn't prefer workhorses. He prefers uh, running back by committee is because you got to keep guys healthy. But at this point now, 
Debo Samuel is going to be asked to do a lot of things that, you know, apparently people thought would be a problem. But I I just think that that's what they're going to have to do at this point. Give me some fool's gold on uh, free agent running backs. Like, do you have a name in mind? Marlon Mack, uh, you know, Tevin Coleman's still out there. Uh, You know, like it's 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 got to be someone that Kyle knows. Or is, you know, Devontae Freeman still out there? Like, like I'm only just saying former running backs that Kyle Shanahan <laughs> has played for as, as coach. But, you know, Devontae Arian Freeman, Foster? Trevor Coleman. Uh, no, stop it. Will you stop, man? Like, um, but, yeah, I mean, Marlon Mack is somebody that jumps out at you right away. I mean, I know he's coming off a brutal Achilles injury. But, you know, for a, a long time before they got rid of him or he was on a practice squad. I think he's, he's unprotected on the practice squad. There's gotta be somebody else who comes in here at this point. I mean, what's Frank Gore doing? Can we call Frank? Well, I mean, what's he up to? Like, is is he, uh, is he chilling? Just waiting for the call. Adrian Peterson said he's only coming back for three teams. Is this, is this, is the end the 49ers were one of them? Is this, is this his time? But no, look, if this offense is what you think it is, and it's going to be eight weeks of it, you got to be able to find something with this running game. And I just think that that's going to have to be Debo Samuel at this point, you know, and, you know, hopefully he holds up. But, yeah, I mean, those are some of the names that are out there right now at this point. I'm sure they'll bring someone in. Um, you know, Wayne Gallman's out there, um, other guys that have been, like, around Kyle. So, I mean, those are names, but it's just – it doesn't have the same – doesn't have the same flair that Elijah Mitchell has, especially because of how good he was last year. Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't. I like. I really wish it was like, okay, we'll plug in Raheem Moster, and here we go. Um, but obviously, we all know that Raheem Moster is now Miami Dolphin with Mike McDaniel, and um, I don't know. I, I kind of like Philip Lindsay still. I I know he, I know it's kind of you know like cereal that was trendy in 2019. That's not trendy anymore, but I'm. I would be okay if this team signed Philip Lindsay on a say in basketball terms, a 10 day contract and, and see what you get out of it. Uh, just food for thought. I love it. I love it. So let's finish this with the segment that is sweeping the nation. It is iced or hot. How do you prefer your coffee iced or hot? Is this panic time for 49ers fans, Leo iced or hot? Uh, I'm going to take my coffee iced. And when I say iced, I'm talking about I do not believe that it's panic time. So I'm I'm the hot button is clearly away. I'm throwing straight ice on this. Um, no, it's not panic time. It's week one. Like I said earlier here, 2019-18-19 Patriots started out season one and two with Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, so with the 49ers, you look at their next game. Their next game is going to be the Seattle Seahawks, who we all expect to lose to to the Denver Broncos I, on Monday Night Football. I, 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 I think we're I think we're past the point of just saying, "Hey, man, I think this is going to be an easy win." This is no, no, <laughs> no. Is, I don't, yeah, you know. that's, yeah, I guess I'm not trying to go to the easy win um, factory. I'm definitely not stepping in there anymore. But I, I think it's a game that they should be able to handle. And hey, look. If you're able to take care of business against the Seattle Seahawks, and then you could win one of two games against the Rams and and um, who am I missing here? The Bra- Broncos. 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 So if you're able to, you know, start the season, you know, the first quarter at two and two, I don't think that's nothing to panic about. Um, now, if you start the first quarter one and three, then you know, you may want you may want to 
press the panic button and, and say hot, hot, hot on this one. But no, it's not there yet. I'm an, I, I'm comfortable where the 49ers are one game into the season, considering the whole division looks like they're going to get swept week one. Yeah, I prefer my coffee hot, but this one is ice, man. It's just, look, we can have our concerns. We can have our gripes. It is week one. It is Kyle Shanahan. There's a track record of it. It's what's going on. It was raining. All of those things. You can still be concerned and you can still point out things that you didn't like in this game without completely going overboard. Clearly, this team has, and you know, Nick Bosa alluded to this in the press conference right after. We've been through worse. Um, I still believe in this team. I still believe in the coaching. I just think that there was a perfect storm, again, no pun intended, of nonsense that went on in this game that you know led to this and uh shout out to dante pettis man you really got your revenge huh like and and i know exactly who to blame for it i've added him on twitter about it it's grant Cohn's fault he literally brought this on to all of us so grant thank you man hope you're happy you know dante pettis got his revenge against the 49ers and it's all because of you when i saw that i was frustrated like not because i don't want dante pettis to have success it's just like I said. I watched the game as a fan. I'm just like, not Dante Pet, not Dante the Catman Pettis. You got the cat in him. <laughs> 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 hey. Scoring a fifty. He got, <laughs> he got the fifty-one yard him. touchdown against my defense. Hey, I'll tell you what though. I need to see more effort on a play like that uh from the defense it looks like yeah. it looks like they kind of just like okay let me just get blocked here and let dante go run it in old friend um yeah. but yeah that was just ugly yeah so look i think we've covered everything thank you guys for tuning in make sure you guys are subscribed to the niners nation podcast wherever you get your audio podcast follow me on twitter at jason aponte 2103 follow leo at leo luna 93 on instagram and twitter look out for niners nation articles which i'll be writing as well too thank you guys again make sure that you guys drop those five star reviews so we can read it and leo we're on to seattle on to seattle